today. Peace, everybody. Another episode of A Guest in the House. I am D. Shanks, David Shanks, Trom Diggs, Dr. Trom Love, as we established on a previous episode. And I'm here with my guy. I'm Mickey Hess. I'm a professor and an author, and I write books about hip-hop. Very cool. I write hip-hop. Hey, that's even better. And there you go. That's why we're here to talk Absolutely. about stuff. <laughs> no, no, you know, uh, just a little dialogue of me and my guy. You know what I wanted to ask you? Let's just get right into okay, it. Okay, let's do it. Because <clears throat> when I first kind of, um, well, this idea was kind of pitched to us. That's true. But um, when I, um, shout out to Sam. Yes, yeah, Sam, 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 Sam Flowers. Starts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we had like a brief um, IG convo. And I said, hey. Yeah, before uh, Sam mentioned yeah. it, you had floated the idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I wanted to ask because, yeah. oddly enough, mm-hmm. being a performer and, uh, you know, a writer and, you know, all of that. And with all the um, podcasts and everything just popping up everywhere, right? Oh, and yeah. I always looked at it like, who cares? You know what I mean? Like, nobody wants to hear me talk, you know? But in you, I saw a unique voice and an opportunity to kind of speak on hip-hop from a perspective that I think is, like, unique in the landscape for reasons that we've discussed sure. before. And I know that it's not something that was on your mind. I guess what I'm hmm. getting at is I've been struggling trying to figure out what makes certain people feel like other people want to hear what they have to say. So why do a podcast? Because yeah. right? the money... Right? It's not the money. It's not the money. Wait, <laughs> wait a second, man. It's not the money. I was promised money. <laughs> Is that not what's going on here? That's not what's happening. That's not what's happening. But I'm fascinated by the human condition that makes people feel like they need to be heard or that they have something to say. And that's me saying it on a podcast exactly. that I've decided. So now I'm you're, going you're part to of the problem. I'm part of the or solution, I don't know. Maybe uh, solution. Or who knows? People are going to hear this and just give up podcasts. It's going to be just us on the air. <laughs> They're going to say, shit, man, those guys really nailed it. Yeah. I don't have to do one. I don't now. even have to do one. They yeah. said everything that yeah, I thought that was of. It. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> But no, seriously. Yeah. Why? Why do it? Um, yeah. So number one. You know, I think there's a lot of folks out there who listen to hip-hop pretty casually. Yeah. And there's certainly nothing wrong with that. Um, to enjoy the music, enjoy the beat, not even think about the lyrics, not even know the lyrics if somebody quotes them to you, you just like the sound of it. Right. And I don't think anybody really has a problem with that. Not at all. Um, but there are folks I've seen who get super into the music mm-hmm. and sort of obsessive even about like their favorite rappers, who's the best, who's your top five. Um, no, I don't like your top five list. I'm going to write a top five list. I've got a top five list for okay. you, too, but go ahead. Okay. Your point. okay. So, yeah, you get to the point where um, the um, the heart of the hip-hop culture and everything it represents and everywhere it comes from 
gets kind of pushed to the margins because of all these squabbles mm. over who's the best to ever do it. You know, mm. what well, I don't like your list you put out. It doesn't include this person and that person. And I don't like the order of your list. Yeah. So I think, you know, there's a lot involved in what brought hip hop to the point it is today. Mm-hmm. And from my perspective, you know, being a white person who writes about it, um, it's part of my job. It's books I've written. I've gotten a little bit of money off of those books here and there. Cool. Um, you know, yeah, a little bit, right? <laughs> I don't know if books pay a lot more than podcasts, but a little bit. Pays more than rapping. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And, and isn't that part of the problem, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's the old Ishmael Reed book where the um, the poetry professor thinks he's going to be fired, and he's like, oh, man, now I'm going to be making this little money as the poet. Yeah, <laughs> that's terrible. So that's not unique to hip-hop. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot that gets left out of the kind of discussions we have about just who's better, who's best, what's the quality of the music. It used to be so much better, and now today it's not as good as the stuff I used to listen to. And there's so much interesting stuff out there that's got issues it raises that people could talk about. And sometimes I'm not hearing as much of that side. Mm -hmm. So it's more of a feeling of a void thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. To a certain I don't think, extent, and I don't think that I would do it if I didn't think that it was filling a void. Yeah, you know, as opposed to just being another person sure. doing it. I mean, I like to talk to you. Yeah, but it gives us a reason to hang I, out. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I don't really want to talk, like really. Sure. You know what <laughs> I mean? And I, you know, I'm I'm really the type of guy who's just really comfortable with somebody having sure. their opinion and not feeling the need to like oh yeah interject or just have your opinion yeah. you know what i mean you know uh, maybe I, that's why people listen to podcasts you don't have to throw in your opinion yeah right? you just listen yeah. to somebody kind of talk or two people kind of talk yeah and you're not expected to say anything back yeah i had a conversation with a guy about um a list and he asked me like you know yeah. the list stuff and the entire conversation was about the um quateria. I got quateria from Bishop Don Magic on. He says okay. quateria. Okay. So <laughs> the quateria that goes into making the list. Like so yeah. he's like, Give me your top ten greatest and I'm like, Greatest what? Yeah. What are we talking right. about? You know what I mean? And I maybe that's the journalist in me because I could craft a top five and I not like really three of them or something like that. Sure. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I can step outside of like my own fandom and say like, based on a certain criteria, these are the top five. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not necessarily a Jay-Z guy, but I acknowledge sure. Jay-Z for who Jay-Z is. Wouldn't probably be in my top five. Okay. But, he is top five. And then some people would be very hurt by what you just said. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. On both sides. Especially. On both sides. You do come from Brooklyn. I do. Yeah. I do. I do. But I acknowledge what he is. Mm. He's great. But what are we talking about? Yeah. You know what I wanted to ask you? What is it? This is a question I've been wanting to ask okay. you. Okay. In this same frame. Okay. Top five. You're asking me my top no, no, five? No, no, okay. no, 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 okay. I don't care. Yeah. I get into all that. All I, I, I would be yeah, such yeah. a hypocrite, man, but, if I um, threw it in now. But, because I look at art, I look at music as art. Sure. I look at hip-hop as art. Yeah. I yeah, think definitely. that 
with the invention of or with the acknowledgement of Billboard in hip hop and the stats and the numbers, we began to kind of parallel hip hop, especially to like sports. Yeah. So people say, what you are your rankings. stats? Yeah. yeah, what are your stats? Okay. You, you know, you put points up. I don't look at hip hop like that. Yeah. So I guess this goes back. This is kind of dancing around on our top five, mm-hmm. only because I made the Jay-Z. <laughs> so I say Rakim. Okay. Rakim's the greatest. Okay. Why is Rakim the greatest? He hasn't done this for this long. It doesn't matter. Like the Picasso is the Picasso, right? Yeah. So like the 16th chapel is the 16th chapel. It's not like this guy painted 3,000 paintings and yeah. Michelangelo only did this one. No. I look at it. I say that's the greatest piece of art. Okay. It's not created. about like output. It's not about and output. And how much you get out. Not to right? me. Yeah. It's about the greatest moment okay. captured. Because it's art. It's not. Yeah. So I could say Jay-Z has the best rap career okay he's had the greatest rap career of all time i would say jay-z eminem ll in whatever order Hmm, you want to put in snoop yeah right probably the greatest rap career so longevity of all time all things being included output longevity quality consistency all of that okay that's a different conversation yeah to me you gotta have some Quateria? Is that Qu- what it was? Quateria. What is your quateria, yeah. right? Yeah. So I say best. Yeah. Best. Who did best? Then we can get into like, okay, well, he was he had sustained mm-hmm. greatness, right? Yeah. So do you measure sustained greatness over like comet type mm-hmm. stuff? But you know, you know, there's like an art. Right? Yeah, I mean, an explosion created everything that exists, yeah. right? So <laughs> it only, t- yeah. it only, t- you only got to do something really, really cool one time That's to change true. the entire landscape of humanity, right? So, yeah. yeah, like I look at it like that. I don't look at it like so. When people say, "Ah, oh, Jay Z's got to be your top five. he did this and that, 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 yeah. that," I'm like, I just, to me, on their best day, I'm taking Nas. You know, I'll be interested to see people's top five lists if it matches up to their most played. Yeah. You know, if they're yeah. really listening to the people they put in the top five as yeah. often as maybe some people they didn't list. I agree. I agree. But there's things that Jay-Z does that Nas is just not good at. Yeah. Like making yeah. hit songs. <laughs> True. Right. True. And if that matters to you, yeah, then... Jay-Z over Nas all day. But then okay. I also I also realize, and that's why I don't even really get into it, because I realize like I have a lyricist bias. Yeah. Because of what I do. Of course. Right? So to me, I'm like, you know, that's when we get into like the Tupac mm-hmm. stuff. And it's sure. like Tupac's great. Tupac's an icon. Oh yeah. What's the criteria? What's the criteria for <laughs> greatest? Because he's, is he a top 15 lyricist? You know, my friend Steve Sachs asked me once if you had to 
show somebody just one image and that would stand for hip hop, who would it be? And right off the bat, I said Tupac. Hundred percent. You know, like if you just had a like flash a glimpse of an image, right? It's gonna be Tupac. I think across the board. Yeah. I didn't even have to think about it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. How does that affect a ranking, though? I mean, like for me, in terms of art, like Ghostface is mighty healthy. Right. Is that one song has such whacked out lyrics. Yeah. It's never been done again. Jeez, I love that song. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you take that song and like, I would put Ghostface in my top five. Now you we see. are talking top five, right? You see? Right. Yeah. Right. But if I had to sit down and like teach a class on hip hop, I might throw Mighty Healthy in there somewhere, but we wouldn't spend like a week on Ghostface. It just right. wouldn't make sense. Right. right? Um, I don't know, he's not as important to the history of hip-hop as Jay-Z or Nas, but personally, if I look at my listens, I listen to him if I'm way going more. On a, if I'm going to be deserted on an island, oh, yeah. I'm taking Ghostface's catalog. Yeah, over, absolutely. Over, over Nas's. Oh, over Jay-Z's, over Nas, over yeah. Tupac for yeah. me. Yeah. Over Biggie. Yeah. Yeah, and probably a lot of people just turned off the podcast. To, it's not that uh, fair to be, <laughs> but... True, yeah. true. I think a lot of people yeah. just turned us off. I couldn't live on a deserted <laughs> island and not have Supreme Clientele. No. No, I would take Supreme Clientele. 100%. Sure. Yeah. 100%. If you take Iron Man, Supreme Clientele, mm-hmm. Bulletproof Wallets. Yeah. Pretty Tony's even not Pretty too Tony. Bad. It's a hell of a... I even like the love one. The um, You know, he had like the, the love song album. I, I can't quite follow you there. I was, I was <laughs> into that. I was into that, man. <laughs> I might squeeze that one I was out into for that. the desert. I now. was into that. Listen, that's my point. Yeah. That's my point. But they're taking it out of... They're taking art mm. out of the equation and they're making it into like some LeBron James type stuff. Yeah. And even if that, I say, okay, cool. I look at Jay-Z and I say, okay, Jay-Z's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He's got the most MVPs. He scored the most points. Okay. But if I was going into game seven of the finals, who do I want? Right? Yeah. Who do I want? You're going to call in Rakim. I'm calling it Rock M. Yeah. You know what I mean? In it in, yeah. in, in his in his prime. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I needed one sixteen, yeah. I I want G Rap. Ooh, okay. Okay. If like someone kidnapped my family and said sixteen bars will get your family back. You'd call G Rap. I'd call Cootie okay. Rap. Okay. If it were a live show, I would have to call DL Asshole. Live show, yeah, live performance, live performance. Yeah, as far as just the quality of that's, a live performance, that's good. Daylight See, when you said, but really you, you use a cheat code because you—that's a yeah, group. That is a group. That's true, but it's got the dynamic on stage. I mean, I'd say Red, Method Man and Red Man probably second. Yeah, for a live show, Black Thought. Ooh, okay. I haven't seen Black Thought live. You know why? Because I think. Black Thought, Karis One. I'm probably forgetting somebody, but from that, in that space, from like elite. Yeah. Black Thought, Karis One, I think, Red Man maybe. The only guys, like MC, so what an MC is, right? Mm. Like, Black Thought doesn't need a catalog to entertain. 
Yeah, like if I if I just put a room of three hundred people and just booked it and said Black Thought MC, there you go. They they'd be entertained. No hit records, nothing. Just MC. Just up on do the chat thing he does and whatever he does and did. That's an MC. Yeah, that's another category. That's true. That's another true. Another category. And, and Rakim th- would definitely be in that category. I too. think so too. But you see, we get caught in like, the, I think like the Rolling Stones stuff. Yeah. And uh, now we're getting back to like who gets to, you know. Sure. Yeah. And are you qualified yep. to even, you know, compose these things that are about the culture? Sure. So, yeah, they get into these things of like, Oh, you know, he did this and he did that and accolades and the this and the mm-hmm. that and the that. And it's like, I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know. I think that, you know, a Basquiat's a Basquiat or a Warhol's a Warhol. Like, it's, it's, you know, it's just, I don't think it's about, you've got 30 hit records. So we're really talking about how people should talk about hip hop, or what's what's the way we should have these kind of conversations. I'm giving my opinion okay. on top five lists. That's okay. all oh, I'm. That's all I'm okay. doing. <laughs> I'm giving my opinion on top five lists and why they're flawed. Okay. Because, you know, they're all opinion. Sure. But like I said, I think that they're doing a disservice by looking at hip hop. You know, you have to distinguish whether you're talking about the music industry or whether you're talking about the art form. Yeah. And if you're talking about the art form, then, you know, it is what it is. If Illmatic is arguably the greatest hip hop album ever, then Nas has to be the greatest. He Mm, he's the guy who wrote it. Right, like yeah. If, if we're not looking at longevity and output, right? If you're just looking at moments, if we're looking at art, album, yeah. the art, true, the art. You know what I mean? If you're saying like the entire way it was done was one way, yeah, and then one guy came and made it a different way, sure. And the way that he did it is the way everyone has done it pretty much ever since then, yeah. then it's got to be Rakim, right? Like, everyone yeah, who that, you yeah. think is great yeah. raps from that guy. You know, like, his impact on style, yeah. right? On vocal style, yeah. on rhythm, yeah. on syncopation. Yeah. I've always thought it'd be interesting to see somebody do a citation study. Like, uh, professors, you know, you can do a citation study and say, oh, well, this article in, you know, this sociology journal got cited 400 times over the past five years, so it's very valuable. You know, people have really respected it. Yeah. You know, you could pretty easily do it, I'm sure, with technology. Um, Look at lyrics and see how many people shout out Rakim or how often he gets brought up. I imagine it's pretty high up. I would think so. Yeah, so, I mean, impact in that sense, too, just, like, how visible is he in the culture and how much is he on the mind of people putting out hip-hop today yeah yeah and how like and you know how could we even include things that we know are influenced by outside forces so numbers yeah so that's the industry side as opposed to the art side the culture side we're talking about marketing budgets yeah you know so we say even going back to Eminem. Sure. 
I think I've asked you this before. Is Eminem better than Pharrell Munch? No. <laughs> Not in my personal opinion. Right, no. like rhyme yeah. for rhyme. No. Right? No. Eminem would just be Pharrell Munch. Sure. If he wasn't. More for that whole promotional machine behind him, right. right? And he just, it, it. I mean, if you had a yeah. white guy who rapped that good, you would put a million dollars of marketing behind oh, yeah. him. It would be dumb not to. He got his own movie, like right off. And the it bat, was great. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Was <laughs> yeah. But he's just an underground. I mean, you know, yeah. this guy almost signed to Duck Down. Yeah. Like it's Until that Drake it's that close on, for right? this guy. It's like true. he he can easily have just been, you know, ill Bill. True, true. You know, I liked the movie a lot less after I read what Harry Allen had to say about it. Um, he makes the point that at the end of that movie, Eminem's character is the only one with a future. Mm. Like, so he's leaving Detroit, but all the people who help hold him up and build him up to what he became, you just get the sense they're kind of stuck there, right? Their lives end right Seriously, there. I'm, I'm just going to do my own yeah, thing. I'm just going to go blow up. Yeah. You know, you guys can hang out back here. So they, they needed a sequel, the D12 sequel? Yeah. <laughs> Well, it was the freestyle he did a couple years ago, right? Where it's just like his his black friends lined up behind him in this parking yeah, garage. That he's, was weird. That was kind of a weird shot, yeah, right? He's yeah. the only one who gets to speak. I don't. I, yeah, he's in the front, spotlights weird. on him. Yeah, like yeah I told I mean, you. I mean, in previous episode, yeah, um, episode one, that uh, you know, just the whole like Royce jumping in front true. of the bullet every time. And it's like it's true. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. So it, the idea of that split between like marketing and industry versus art and culture. Yeah. I mean, I, I've got to see the difference between where you grew up and the way you grew up and where I grew up and the way I grew up is my only glimpses of hip hop came through the industry. The filter. Yeah. And so, you know, I was in Kentucky, you were in Brooklyn. So you had a sense of what hip hop was like around you. Right. And what it was on TV versus not on TV. And I only got really the one version. You know, I I came to more knowledge from, you know, talking to people, meeting people, interviewing rappers. Right. um, Reading like everything I could find about it. Right. But almost every every glimpse I I got of hip hop in my childhood was mediated through the record industry. Right. And that there's no way that can't change the way you experience it. 100%. But I also think that you know, you have a um, consciousness of that that still now kind of yeah yeah yeah, yeah now I yeah. I don't think I did back then. Well, it's no, but oh, but now yeah. you're you're a writer, sure, and teacher of hip hop culture. So yeah. now is the most important time for you to have that perspective, definitely, because you're actually commenting on the culture and the yeah. music. And so back then, I didn't have that perspective. I was just there. Yeah. You know what I mean, but but you got the sense that it happened somewhere off of TV. Correct. Right. You can well, walk out right. your door. Or the guys dressed on TV yeah. dressed like the guys outside yeah. my door, and it wasn't necessarily the other way around, right? Okay. It was like you know the whole phenomenon of Run DMC is that they were dressed like Jam Master J. Jam Master J was literally sure. dressed like that, and then you know Russell was like, "That's it. We're gonna dress the Godfather like hat." Yeah. The pants, the Adidas jacket. That's it. Unlaced sneakers. Unlaced Adidas. That's that's yeah. the look, right? As opposed to like 
what the hell Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five were wearing. You know what I mean? Which I was don't know, like the straight, old leather fringe, which was jackets. straight Parliament Funkadelic. Yeah, and no one was dressed like that. You know, it was Rick James yeah. and Parliament, <laughs> and Parliament, and you know these guys. And so, but they were trying to be rock stars. You know, you got sure. it. You know what I mean? And I mean, you know, you're being told that your environment is. That's not the look. You want to be a superstar. You want to okay. be a star. You know what I mean? And so the guys, once Run DMC broke through and that became the norm, you know, they weren't dictating our fashion. Yeah. We were dictating their fashion. And then they okay. were in turn dictating your fashion. Sure. Right? Yeah. Through coming through the TV. So that's that's definitely a different dynamic. Absolutely. But I guess, I guess like that being the case, it wasn't being, they were just taking what was given to them. So in 88, you know, it was like, oh, those are the rappers. Yeah. All right, give them to us. We'll put them on sure. TV. They weren't shaping per se Yeah. what we all thought about until maybe 10 years later right 98 yeah okay then you're, you're seeing like kind of like eh, starting to get a little manufactured a little yeah. homogenized right like a oh, little, for sure. little yeah and so and then you started getting like feeling more like i'm coming in with a thing with a product sure and then there are guys who are outside of the culture telling me how to package. Sure. We got your outfit for the video. Yeah, see what I'm saying? We got the director chosen for you. And I mean, how many rap albums parodied that whole experience? I mean, from the Ghetto Boys going yeah. to white-owned records in yeah. that sketch on the yeah. album to yeah. uh, Third Base definitely played around with that. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. was kind of across the board that the hip-hop was really paying attention to how the industry molded. Industry rule number 4,080. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. What's that again? They're they're shady. They're right? shady. Record company people yeah. are shady. Shady. You think that still holds true? You think um, they've turned a corner? Well. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Yeah. <laughs> but so I guess my point is we are doing ourselves a disservice by including sort of like things that are innate to that world. Yeah. In the criteria that judges one's greatness. Sure. Yeah, you know? I mean, even um, even during the Run DMC era, during their ascendancy, right? There's the moment where the Beastie Boys go up to play a show, and they're wearing like do rags and Adidas track suits mm -hmm. and gold chains. Yeah, the Puma suits. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Bill Adler has written about this. Beastie Boys talked about it a lot themselves, and they just said like they were trying to play at the Apollo. Mm. And they were dressed in the way they thought rappers dressed. Right. In rap face. In rap face. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> that kind of nails it, right? Yeah, yeah. And then it just failed miserably. They got yeah. booed off the stage. Um, Russell Simmons kind of took them under their wing, and he, or under his wing, and he claims that he taught them how to walk, taught them how to talk, taught them how to dress. Mm. He convinced everybody they were real. But of course, if you got to teach somebody how to walk, talk, and dress, like how how real are they? Exactly. Right. Getting back to my point 
about yeah. you originally. And you know I love the Beastie Boys. Yeah, well, I know. Yeah. yeah it's like a birthright. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it is, it is. You can't get away from it. And you know, Give us the Beastie Boys, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Desert Island, I would still take Paul's Boutique. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a great album. It's a good album. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Boom. Yeah. Segway. Top five Top guests. five? Top five guests. Guests? Yes. Really? Okay. Yeah. Wow. So, guests meaning white rappers. Guests in hip hop. Okay. All um, Beastie Boys. Could be Sophia Wu. Sophia <laughs> Chang. Sophia Chang. So, Ziva Chang? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with Beastie Boys first and foremost. First Beastie Boys. First and foremost. Okay. And, you know, despite their missteps, they had a pretty sustainable career. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? I mean, you mentioned MC Search for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have to put him on there. I'm not sure about Pete Nice. I'm not sure about <laughs> Prime Minister. <laughs> I'm not sure about Sinister. Prime Minister Pete Nice. Okay. Um, neither solo career really flourished no. when the third base broke yeah, up. Yeah, but I mean, you know. Yeah. Search brought Nas to labels. So. Sure. Yeah. yeah, he had his moment yeah. for sure, right? He had his point in the culture, I think, yeah. early on, but Nas solidified. Yeah, yeah. Um, Alchemist. Alchemist. Right? That's what, a good one. Paul C. Nah. Right? That's a good one. Yeah, I think Paul C. I mean, he taught Large Professor. Yeah. Right? And then Large Professor kind of taught Q-Tip. And yeah. I think he even worked with Pete Rock early on. Yeah. I think so kind of everybody. Yeah. Is that he three? Said Beastie. He said... Alchemist. Alchemist. Search. Paul C. Search at four. That's four. Yeah. Hmm. Who is that number five spot? I can't say Bubba Sparks. You're missing number one. Number one? Is that going to be Eminem? It's got to be. Because I don't think he's in mine. Rick Rubin. Rick Rubin. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to go with Asher Roth. (laughs) Asher Roth can rap. I I would put him at number six, man. He can rap. Rick Rubin. Rick Rubin. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I'd go. Rick Rubin. I'd probably go M2. Okay. Then Beastie Boys. What is Lear Cohen? He's Iranian. Okay. No, wait. He's but not Iranian. He a guest? No. He's Israeli. He's Israeli. Yeah. Some tall Israeli. Yeah. Most, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> He's yeah. from the rape over by I most. Think, I think, I think, I think. Lear has got a... It's the business side. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. Yeah, if we get into the business side, you get into yeah. a whole I mean, if we're talking about just hip-hop, yeah. right? Not just hip-hop. That's why I said Rick Rubin's got to be known. He's made the greatest contribution. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, Rick Rubin's contribution's it. up there with anyone's contribution. True. It's really. funny that I went to Paul C. before Rick Rubin. Ah, yeah. You were sure thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good though. I, I would put them both on there. Yeah, Paul C's a good one. Yeah, for and I sure. like the other one you said. That was um, who did you say before Paul C? Serge Alchemist. Alchemist. Yeah, another yeah. producer, right? Alchemist is awesome. Yeah. Evidence. Evidence. LP. Kenny Beats. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So this is the White Rapper Show. That's yeah. what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna revive it. We both obviously believe that the attention should be on the white folks. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I was curious. I was curious. I was curious how you felt about that. Post That's Malone? Interesting, yeah. You know, <laughs> I have not gotten into Post Malone. I have students yeah. that love the hell out of I'm that I'm sure. Guy. 
I'm sure. And I mean, nothing against them, but it, it's sure. just not exactly my thing. See, now getting back into the conversation, picky, yeah, or picking back up the conversation we had in sure. the last episode, right? You were talking about guys who like kind of, well, we were both kind of talking about guys who come into the game or come into the art form or mm -hmm. come into the culture and just kind of like grab what they need to grab. Sure. And then kind of like keep it pushing. Yeah. So my issue with the white rapper. Okay. In quotes. In quote is why do they always pick up a guitar at blah, blah, blah. They always pick a guitar <laughs> at some point Ooh, and do the like. Yeah. Kid Rock did it. Elvis thing. Like hmm. they do like the. I'm beyond. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah, Kid Rock did it. Yeah. He went complete Dixie. Like he, started he did making, it. I'm like, you're from Detroit, bro. Sure. <laughs> so is Jack White, though, right? He lives in Nashville yeah, now. Jack White kicks yeah. ass, though. But he's from Detroit. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of folks kind of in the wake of Vanilla Ice... That was when you saw Kid Rock pick up the guitar. When you yeah. saw the first Kid Rock album, he's got the high top fade. Yeah. His first album was called Grit Sandwiches yeah. for Breakfast. Yeah. Um, he wasn't playing up the, the white rocker angle at all. No. Um, the Beastie Boys, <clears throat> not too long after that, but there have been like 92 yeah. when Check well, Your when, Head came well, when, out, right? Well, yeah, when Rick, well, Rick left. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when they really did like their own thing, yeah. playing all the instruments, everything yeah. for Check Your Head. Yeah. Um, that was also still yeah. in the wake the of Vanilla Beastie, Ice. Beastie Boys never felt like they left hip hop. No, they still rap. I will sure. say that. Yeah. Some, you know, like, but Post Malone dances around with that. Yeah. You know, I'm not really making hip hop, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I'm making hip hop. Yeah. Well, the, Rick left. Sure. Work with everybody from Johnny Cash. To yeah. Whoever else. Yeah. Right? And I mean, I. Slayer. I don't, and I don't know, I don't have a, I just have a feeling. Yeah. I haven't really, like, searched to see whether, like, it upsets me or whether, it's just, it just gives me a feeling. Because I don't yeah. feel like I can leave. You can't just pick up a guitar and, and do rock. I could pick a guitar up, but okay. I just don't feel like I can leave hip-hop. It's still going to be hip-hop, okay. Whatever I yeah. do. Because when Lil Wayne picked up a guitar, it was still hip-hop. It was still right? hip-hop. You shouldn't get to leave. Yeah, because then it looks like you're just dipping in while it benefits you. You see what I'm saying? And hey, that's hey. where the guest comes in. Yeah. So when when one says, I don't feel like I'm a guest or I shouldn't be a guest or don't consider me a guest. I've done this, that, 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 that. But you can leave. Sure. It's almost like when uh, Hammer briefly dropped the MC. Mm. From his name, right? He was mm. getting so much. I didn't flat. remember that. Oh yeah, right before he ended up on Death Row Records. For uh, a bit. Yeah, briefly he became a hammer. Hammer on Death Row is fascinating. Right? When are they gonna do like a real documentary? Like a real. Oh yeah, because Left Eye was on Death Row. Yeah. Or Death Row Records. Yeah. I need like those two months or however long that Hammer. Oh, yeah. Was on Death Row. Hammer's a real one, man. Definitely. Yeah. And he dropped the MC from his name briefly because people out. were saying, well, you're just pop. You know, you crossed over. You're fully a pop star now. This yeah. isn't even hip hop. So he said, all right, I'll just be Hammer. I'll take off the MC. And then people didn't like that he took it off. Like, oh, you're turning your back on hip hop. Can't win. 
I t- interviewed uh, Count Beastie years ago. Okay, cool. And he played every instrument on his first album, Pre-Life Crisis, that came out in 93. Okay. Um, and he said a lot of people told him he wasn't hip-hop mm. because there wasn't any sampling. He right. wasn't using, like, an SP-12 or anything. Right. Um, it was just he played all the instruments, and he rapped and sang over it. Right. Um, so he felt like he had to prove himself. He had to learn how to make beats mm. and learn how to sample. Wow, imagine that. Yeah. yeah. So he felt like he he was really loved by, like, Rolling Stone, mm. and magazines were like, oh, you know, I, we love this new movement. Yeah. You know, the Roots are playing their own instruments. This is real music. And yeah. Count Basie, he plays his own instruments. Yeah. But he felt like he had to prove himself to hip-hop, mm. not just to these magazines that reviewed his right. albums. right. Like, Right. So, I, I mean, by like, I guess 2001, he put out Dwight Spitz, okay. which is an amazing album. Definitely something that I would uh, I would put on my list really high. Nice. Um, I think it was 2001 he put that out. I believe you. Yeah, and, and that album is just amazing. I mean, it's all sample. You know, he really taught himself beat making. He's got right. Doom on the album. You can't go wrong with yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, that's my, yeah. Hmm. That's my gripe. Yeah. The ability okay. to leave. To leave. And come back as you wish. And not everybody See, can. like, Macklemore. Sure. He could just leave. Yeah, and his career would do fine. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is the criticism of Miley Cyrus a lot of times. Is she uh, just kind of, like, links onto hip-hop for yeah, a minute. When it's convenient. And then complains about it in yeah, the next breath, yeah, right? Yeah, You know, yeah. she made the comments about how hip-hop's all just like, you know, suck my dick, get over yeah, here, bitch. She's writing a um, thing on the MTV Awards. The inflatable like penis yeah, right? so, <laughs> with Robin Thicke uh, and everything. Just, yeah, it's very weird. Yeah. Yeah. It is a little That's weird. my problem. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, the, um, I guess. If the, you're going to leave, don't come. Yeah. That's how I feel. Yeah. yeah. And I guess the privilege to be able to, like, visit. Yeah. yeah. And just yeah. kind of dip right back. Yeah, out, and right? so we get into that. We get into like, we get into like, what is your contribution while you're here? Because I don't want to mm-hmm. say if you come, if you're gonna leave, don't come. Like maybe that's harsh, right? Maybe yeah. if you're going through a phase where you're like, I'm in my hip hop phase right now. I'm influenced. Sure. I'm hanging out. You know. Yeah. Um, and then you grow out of it. Yeah. And then you become this mature artist and that's always signified by the guitar and then we pick the guitar but no we're not hip-hop anymore i'm adult now or like and i'm a, gonna make these like folky type songs because so why ford sings the blues yeah. everlast yeah. um and then yeah. marky mark who just went on to acting and directing and yeah. producing and opening yeah. restaurants and yeah. wants us to yeah. forgive his old hate crimes yeah. and have those expunged that's from the record weird. yeah that's super weird but you know um and then he just left oh, all yeah. together so whatever yeah I brought i'm him talking up in about class last leaving week. No one knows he's ever... Oh, no, no, no one, one remembers Marky no, Mark. No one... A 20-year-old kid today, no, they have no idea. at all, at all. And I think probably he's happy with that. Yeah, I'm sure he's tried to erase yeah. every single evidence yeah. of the Funky Bunch. Yeah, it would be interesting to catch up with the guys from the Funky Bunch. Where are the Funky yeah. Bunch? That's, That's awesome, where are they now? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it seems like part of the problem is, is how much hip-hop is tied into black culture. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so the the white folks kind of have the luxury of playing around, you know, dancing across that border. And then when they feel like they, they can no longer benefit from it or maybe they're even no longer welcome, mm-hmm. they just kind of hop right back. And there's plenty of other avenues. We were having like a post-production conversation. Yeah. And we were talking about, um, you know, I guess not taking like an elitist stance in hip hop. Yeah. You know, saying you can't and you can't and you can't. Mm. And um I don't think that's either of our aims. No. Um and I didn't have the words in that space, but I think that what we're talking about right now is are the words. Like it's not that we want you to um, study hip hop for five years before you write a rap or wear a certain clothing line or braid your hair or whatever it is you feel like doing. (laughs) Right. But you have to acknowledge the privilege that you have that allows you to come into something and then leave. Yeah. And then, create art outside of that and have that art specifically be named whatever it is you want it Mm -hmm. to be named. Whereas, like you said, no matter what I do, no matter how experimental outcast gets, it's a rap album. Sure. There's, I mean, how much is Andre 3000 rapping on the love below? Is he rapping at all? No, (laughs) not really. I think, Big Boy has a verse yeah. on a song on, but you don't hear on. It's rap. a rap album. Yeah, I agree. Why is it a rap album? Because it comes from a rapper. Well, there's plenty rappers making non-rap albums. They're all white. Sure, that's true. So that's not a gripe that I have with Everlast or even with Post Malone sure. or with Rick Rubin or with anyone. That's why I said I don't know how I feel about it in terms of like, I don't like that he did that. I don't like yeah. that he's able to do that. And that's a larger issue. That's a issue. thing. And I think it's also a problem how it gets celebrated as kind of like growing up that's maturing. That's the artist, thing. Right? Yeah. So Count Beastie is an anomaly. He played all the instruments first and then felt like, well, the press loved it, but people in hip-hop say it's not really hip-hop, so right. now i got to learn to do that. So right. that's usually the other way around, right? right? Um, people who start out white rappers um, all of a sudden pick up a guitar and critics love that they've outgrown hip hop, right? And why is that always the move? Yeah. It's such an easy move. That's true. So it gives you a little stepping stone or a boost and then yeah. you're doing this whole new thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, man, that's a bitch, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's white privilege. In kind of a rap nutshell, uh, right? I think so. <laughs> the idea that you can kind of dip in and out of uh, any well, culture you want. Well, Eminem, and what makes Eminem, I guess, you know, great, yeah, is that he is the first middle-aged white guy to survive. Really, as a solo artist, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Beastie Boys yeah. were still doing it until MCA died. Because I would think. Oh, yes. Beastie Boys are definitely those guys. Yeah. But I guess 
the escape was always because no one wanted to see a middle-aged white guy still rapping. Sure. So it was like, <laughs> let me get out of here before this gets corny. Ooh, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, so I didn't. I haven't thought about it. I just aging thought about out of that. It. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, because I'm sure whatever the shelf is on, like your typical, yeah, rapper, it's got to be shorter for a white. Oh guy, yeah, right? for sure. No one wants to see the white guy in the tracksuit. Yeah. You can be behind <laughs> the behind the scenes like Rick Rubin. Yeah, but yeah, on yeah. stage, that's. Yeah, no. I mean, you think Logic will still be doing it at 45? Is Logic a white rapper? Ooh, see? That's a good question. Yeah. Um, his his mom is white and his dad is black, I believe. Okay. okay. It may be the other way around, though. Mm. Um, yeah. It's, it's got <laughs> to be one or the other. It's got to sure. be one or the other. <laughs> um, same with Slug from Atmosphere, right? Ah, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, you put them in the white rapper camp. I guess I just threw logic into it. I've seen an interesting interview with Murs, and he was talking yeah. about like his relationship with the Atmosphere, slug. and then how it like how that dynamic plays out, like when he does yeah. the shows. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was very weird. And he spoke about kind of like that that privilege and kind of like how yeah. you know he realized what the audiences were showing up for. You know what mm. I mean? And he'll come up solo, and they'll be like, "Where's Slug?" And he's like. What do you talk? It's my show. Ooh, you know what okay. I mean? I don't want to put words in his mouth. But yeah. yeah, I think that um I think that's you know, so it's it's you know, and those are the things that no one speaks about. So mm. we just started with like a top five conversation and talking about criterion and it just kinda like dances all the way out into this like larger societal kind of, you know, thing that, you know, you're hitting that ceiling. Sure. Because it's not so much that we don't want you to be able to do it. We just want the freedom to be able to do it as well. Ooh, there you go. You feel me? Yeah. 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 Nas wants to go in with an orchestra and create an entire classical jazz piece and it not just be thrown into the hip-hop section. Yeah. Good point. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could even talk about just the idea of being white presenting or black presenting, right? And, you know, you may have heard um, Fat Joe recently declare that all Latinos are black. And it was put up with that headline to be kind of like clickbait, I yeah, think, initially. Yeah. But when you listen to what he said, I mean, he's got some history and he's got some facts. And, yeah, uh, and I mean, when... When do you have to be 100% accurate to give, like, an opinion on a radio show? Sure. Like, yeah. you know, they're, these, these, they're like, fact-checking him against, like, yeah. USC, <laughs> like, African-American history. Profe- like, sure. he's he's inaccurate. And it's like, he said, like, Latinos love black culture uh-huh. as much, sometimes more, than black people do. Yeah. Check. I've seen sure. that. Um, and he's bringing up the transatlantic slave trade and the diaspora. My people. South America. Sure. Facts. Yeah. Yeah, so I noticed recently Cypress Hill, 
I saw some live footage from them, and I noticed that Be Real censors the N word. Mm. So, like back on the first two albums, at oh, least yeah. it's all over. It. Oh yeah, um, it's in hooks. Mm-hmm. You know, he's pretty damn free with it, mm-hmm. as free as Sendog is. Mm-hmm. Um, Sendog's Cuban. Yeah, and Be Real's Mexican. Um, is that the case? I believe that's right. Thought... Fact checker. Fact checker. Yeah, I think Be Real's Cuban. Really, Sendog's. Mm. Or maybe they're both Cuban. Because the reason why I say that okay. is because I remember seeing a B-Real thing. Because we always assume like they were with the Mexican mm-hmm. gangs. Yeah. And they were they they were down, but I believe... You think they're both Cuban? I believe B-Real was a blood. I don't okay. think he was... Mexican. You see, I or maybe thought... he's half or something, but I don't think they. Yeah. He was straight okay. Chicano. I don't think he was. I, that's probably why he would use okay. the word so much because he probably was like in yeah. an environment. That's just how he with, grew up. That's right? how he grew up. Yeah. So I wonder. I haven't seen him address this anywhere. It may be out there, but I wonder, I, like, what is it that makes him censored at the live shows? Now? Yeah. Yeah, it's um, a different world. Yeah, it's a different we, cultural yeah, moment. We're living in a different world. That's they just true. got the um, the girl from what's I think it's the uh, Jane the Virgin or something. She yeah. just like they got her on video and she's mm-hmm. like crying, poor girl. She's like, I'm black. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean I'm Puerto Rican? I'm black. No, not in 2019. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I mean it's. <laughs> I talk about these things with my students a lot. Yeah. You know, they're like 18 to 21 for the most part, yeah. pretty much traditional college age. Yeah. And um, it's interesting mm-hmm. to, to see you've got like half the class who has not really thought about it. Tends yeah, to be the white kids all. for yeah. the most part, right? Because, because <laughs> you guys don't get to have to think about much, man. God we're not bless asked you. to yeah. think about this stuff, right? <laughs> Um, you may grow up wishing you could get a better suntan, yeah, you know, as a white yeah, person. That's yeah, about... You have to tackle nothing. It's no, just like, no. what do you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I love it. That's about as much as you have to think about skin color as a white person. Yeah. It's like, oh, man, I hope this doesn't just peel off the summer <laughs> I got, right? I hope I get a, a little tan from yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. But then you've got people who, who really have thought about what it means to be Afro-Latina, yeah. for example. yeah. Um, and, and do you want to be called black? Do you want to be called Latinx? Yeah. You know, what is it? What's the way you want people to refer to you? What's the way you want to refer to yourself? And they're really smart to talk about colorism. Yeah. Just all kinds of. Yeah. It's very layered. It definitely is. You know what I learned? Yeah. Regionally. Mm -hmm. Big deal. Northeast. Oh yeah. Big difference. Yep. Big difference. That makes a lot of sense. And you have like, so. Latinx people from, you know, whether it's New York, Mm. even really, even my experience of leaving New York and coming to, say, like Philadelphia, Mm -hmm. still a difference. Yeah. Not as much of a difference as, say, Orlando or, you know, somewhere like that, but big difference. They don't, we don't, you know, as black people, we don't see them like that. Hmm. referring to um, Latinx folks outside of New York it mm-hmm. seems like we don't see them as us and they don't see themselves as us okay. either and that was very weird to me growing from growing up in Brooklyn because so the proximity of Brooklyn and all these different ethnicities together it changes your perspective right as you're it, growing up yeah 
yeah, yeah. you're just you're all together and yeah. much more than you know i was in say kentucky yeah which was just very racially isolated yeah you know, almost everybody i encountered on a day-to-day basis in my hometown was white yeah um and that definitely affects your perspective yeah growing up yeah and that's not by accident yeah you know that's that's so much by design yeah um, the segregation of neighborhoods and schools is just consistently reinforced yeah. and, you know, even getting down to gerrymandering as far as districts for who yeah. gets to vote for who. Yeah, right? well, I mean, they do they did that here. They did that everywhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But in that, they kept, you know, the Latin folks, black folks, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Then you got all your, all your different types of Latin folks and all your different types sure. of black folks. So you learn, right? Like, so, you know. I didn't have to like come to college and study history to know like Dominicans, Cubans, sure. you know what I mean? <laughs> Venezuelans, That's just, a big difference. and what these different people are mm. and what their makeup is. And then it's like just stuff. That's just something I knew. Sure. So just from firsthand experience. Yeah. Your so neighborhood. We, right. So when we get into these spaces as an adult and I'm like hearing like other black people and they're like, you know, they're like big pun can't say, yeah. And, and it's like big pun, yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, well, did it? And it's like, well, you know, this guy's Mexican. Uh-huh. Big pun's not Mexican. Like you can't sure. just say everyone who speaks Spanish is that. Yeah. You know, what I mean? I'm like, or like the I, beat nuts. You got a Colombian, yeah. Dominican guy. Well, see, like my dad is from Guyana, okay. small South American country yeah so i'm like i'm 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 from south america yeah it's the well it's like two english-speaking countries in south america guyana and i believe Suriname. okay right um and it's french guyana it's obviously it's french but that's just proximity definitely so you telling me there's a border to venezuela a border to brazil Mm. Scoop me across the border. We speak Portuguese. I'm not black anymore. Hmm. <laughs> you know, I saw a lot of that when I went to visit my friend Ricky's parents in the Dominican. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was right before they started to enforce the, the Haitian immigration yeah, policies to is, say, like, Haitians get back to Haiti. Yeah. And there was a ton of colorism. Yeah. It was a yeah. real divide. I won't, I won't go for that. Yeah, yeah. My guys have been trying to do the mancation thing mm. for a couple of years. I won't go with them. Like you don't want to go to the Dominican. Right? No. Yeah. No. Not while yeah. they're you know yeah. executing people my color. Like no, I'm Fair not. Enough, I can't. Right? You know, I just some you know. Yeah. Take my stances where I can, man. Definitely. You know. So, but yeah, I mean, so that it's a weird dynamic. So yeah, they like persecuted this poor girl for saying for saying. But there's a lot that's just I get. But I just find it mm-hmm. just weird and interesting. So when we get to a space now where we're writing rap records, mm-hmm. and I'm not as successful as like your other rap guy, but I mean, you know, these guys, they're writing their music and they know where this music is going. Like they know this music is going directly to white America. Sure. Cause they're mainstream acts. Yeah. So when you say, then you put this music out. Yeah. And then you go, lyrics yeah it's weird you know have you heard 
from the artists themselves a lot of that criticism or is that coming more from fans and listeners i think it's fans and listeners yeah i don't know if i can think of an instance where an artist has specifically complained i mean i guess there was the kendrick lamar brought a kid up on stage right I think it was a Something white kid, like that, and yeah. he, he used the word yeah. without censoring it. I think Kendrick kind of took the microphone back, yeah. but uh, yeah. I didn't really hear him go on at length about no. it, you know? I mean, but I, so then it comes to, like, the, what are we, like, we're making this for us. Yeah. It's like, but you're not. Hmm. Okay. Not at this point in time. Like, you can't think at this point in time that no one else is listening to hip-hop. Besides, I can. I know Mm. that I'm speaking to a niche audience and I feel comfortable using whatever vocabulary that I use in speaking to those people. Okay. But Drake can't think he's just making music for the streets. No. So... So it's one thing to hear the word and another thing so to you're say not, it, right? Right, and then we get into, like, why use the word. Sure. And there's a couple of full-length books about the history of that word. Yeah. Um, there's one by Randall Kennedy, for yeah. example, and it traces, like, the way it's used in court cases, you know, to determine if something is or is not a, a hate crime. Right. Um, the way it's been censored in literature over right. the years. You know, there was a the moment a couple of years ago when they removed the word entirely from an edition of Huckleberry Finn yeah. and replaced every instance with the word slave. Which seemed like a bizarre way to censor. <laughs> Which seems like plan. even worse than letting the word go, and then we get right. into like that tricky shit. That's like tricky shit. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> it is. Like, right? yeah. And, I mean, I teach a, a Flannery O'Connor story with that word in the title, mm. and now the story is about like the horrible effects of intergenerational racism and the way that a grandfather sort of like teaches his grandson to fear black people. Yeah. Um, now O'Connor in interviews and in her own life, she didn't espouse the most forward thinking views of race, but that story in a lot of ways really does. Right. Um, you know, a lot of people don't teach that story. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm staunchly against that. Against just avoiding anything with this word in the title. Yeah. Yeah. If you're reading a piece Mm. right now and the words in it. Yeah. You have to use the word. Okay. I, like, unless, I, unless you don't want to. Unless you, that's your right. choice. Yeah, that's I was your choice. That, but yeah. the fear mm. of like, if I read this passage in front mm. of Trom and it has it in there and I say it, yeah. how is he going to react? Like, I'm not intelligent enough to go, oh, no, buddy. Like, Sure. You're reading a passage that has the word in it. You're not calling me one like yeah. this. It is very different. But I mean, I, I will say I don't do it. I also realize I don't get an emotional yeah. response to words. Sure. And I write words. Yeah. So, you know, getting back mm-hmm. to like my personal Definitely. thing. And, and so words don't trick me up like that. Yeah. I would, you know, I mean, you could say whatever you wanted to say. You know what I mean? Don't violate my airspace. Sure. That makes sense. I don't sense. care yeah. what comes out of your mouth. You Definitely. know what I mean? Really. But especially if it's not even, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I use the word in mm. my music. I know who I'm talking to. I know why I'm using it. I'm not justifying using it. Yeah. And I'm also then not going to regulate who repeats it. Sure. 
on my song. Yeah, and I, I'm not going to say it in class. You know, mm. I, I can teach a story with the, the word in the title without ever uttering it. It's mm-hmm. actually pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I don't say it in class is as a white professor, even say I had a room with entirely white students, I just don't think it sends the best message. Right, and you don't want to give, not that you have the power to, but, yeah, you don't want to give, like, entry into, like, I'm making this okay because yeah. I said it in class. I totally get that. Because you can turn that around and use it for all kinds yeah, of Yeah, I totally get right? that. I mean, we all have the ability to do and choose to do whatever we want. We also have yeah. to always be aware of the consequences. Definitely. So, white people... Don't think that someone won't punch you in the face <laughs> because you rapped the lyric sure. and you said, Trump said it's not a big deal to him. <laughs> I said it's not a big deal to me. And, and you're one person. But, and I'm one person. Yeah. And, and, and you so, might punch somebody. You never depends know. Depends how you say it. <laughs> oh, why'd you, why, why? You know, I'm all, intent's a big sure. deal. Intent's a big thing. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. you know, I don't. So, so Dick Gregory yeah. named his autobiography the N word. He did years ago. Yes, and it was a joke. He didn't name it the N word. He didn't name it the N word. You are correct. <laughs> you are correct. I'm censoring it because that's how I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's a, that's a dean that's at safe. at a college in Seattle a couple years ago recommended it to a student and didn't censor it. Mm. Um, and the student was very offended. You know, and she was worried that the dean was just trying to, like, find a covert way to use this word. So Mm. she found a book titled that to justify her being able to say it. Mm, That's a stretch. Yeah. And and Mm. Dick Gregory, you know, wrote up a defense of this dean, said he Mm. called her and spoke with her. He'd be glad to come in for a conversation with the students. He'd donate a copy of his book to every student at the college. Mm. Um, and he said, you know, I could see where you're coming from. I could see where somebody would try to use my book, just yeah. to be able to say this word as a yeah. white person, but yeah. that's not what she appears to have been doing. Yeah. I get it. I get it. There's a part of me that thinks that we also can't get to the other side of it yeah. by pretending it's not there. Yeah. So I get the respect thing and I, you know. There's a there's a there's a bit of there's a healthy amount of respect that's needed mm. when it comes to that word. And no, I don't think it should be carte blanche on everybody to say the word, me included. Sure. Yeah. But and I don't think there's anything wrong with white people just not using the word because we don't want them to. I don't think that's so hard not to do. Yeah. But at the same token, when we're doing like the you know, if we're gonna swap out the word in Huckleberry Finn and replace it with slave, slave. as if they're synonymous. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know, if you're, you're a white person listening to this and, and your reaction to any of this is, well, well, why can't I say this word? And you feel slighted or uh, held back somehow. Really want to ask yourself, well, why do you well, want to, you know, why yeah. is it that it's so important? Yeah. And so much of these discussions yeah. come back to property, yeah. you know, who owns something, who gets to do something, yeah. who has the right. And then they say, well, no one should be able to use it then. Yeah, so if I personally can't say yeah. it, no one should say yeah. it. And that's that's not exactly how it that's works. Weird. Right? I yeah. think a lot of white mentality in America is kind of that everything is yours. And you've got a right to do anything you want. And, you know, manifest destiny, this 
land is ours all the way to the Pacific yeah. Ocean from the East Coast. Well, I mean, that's, you know, some of that is learned behavior. I think so, you know? yeah. And, and, and uh, yeah, if I was in that space, I couldn't say that I wouldn't behave the same exact way. I mean, yeah. we just talked about not mm -hmm. having to think about stuff. Sure. Things that I think about every day that my girl thinks about every day. You mm -hmm. know, my girl's biracial and she just, the things she takes into account, I'm like, I don't like, what? Yeah. But I've never been a black woman. Sure. You know? <laughs> and sure. so she's like, I got to worry about this and I think about that. And I'm like, the mere fact that you're conscious of that. Oh yeah, is amazing yeah. to me, and <laughs> right? that you've had to go through life thinking about that type of stuff, mm -hmm. and it's not you know like that stuff doesn't. You don't have to deal with it. You don't oh, have to sure. think about it at all, and, and you know and you those, didn't think about it until you you met her. Correct, and it's those. That's the stuff we need to be dialoguing about. Mm -hmm. It's those nuanced things. It's real understanding. You know, how we really understand each other and stop playing these, like, stupid games about stupid words and, you know, like, silly little things and what happened here and whose, you Shit. know, feelings are hurt about this and that. Like, let's get into really, like, what this, what this construct has created. And, like we said, things like the ability to come in and out of a culture, mm -hmm. free will, things like not having to even give thought about color yeah and how it may affect one person just being able to live in a completely world complete world constructed on your ideologies on your customs on your beliefs and not having to consider that things are different just across the street or down the block or on the other side of town and that there's a whole other set of beliefs customs mm -hmm. you know culture and just not even having to deal. Just being able to close your door and say. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the way to approach it. Because I think too often this discussion and gets framed as a warning from one white person to another. Right. You know, you shouldn't do it because you could get in trouble if you say this word. Right. Um, you could get in trouble if you dress this way. Right. Um, if you bring up this topic. You know, I mean, the whole idea of political correctness is to benefit the speaker. Right. Right? And that's why it's easy to, to point out and mock PC culture. Because really, when you come right down to it, you're trying to think of what benefits you politically as right. the speaker. Right. You know, what would not cost you a vote if you're right. a politician? What might not cost you uh, an email from HR with a little stern warning attached if right. you're an employee. Right. So instead of thinking like, well, how could I get in trouble? You know, how do I avoid getting in trouble? And thinking of these topics as like a, a minefield you have to walk through as a white yeah. person. Yeah. Think about the listener. Yeah, blow some shit up. Yeah. Step right <laughs> on. Yeah. yeah. What's the worst that can happen? Oh, I don't know if I was going there with it. <laughs> <laughs> I was you saying lose. instead of worrying about making a misstep yourself, think about like the impact on somebody else. Mm. You know, from a word you use or mm. an attitude you use. Well, espouse, there's that right? too. I meant more so in terms of bringing it up. I mean, okay, in, yeah. You're like, like you talk about it in class, you don't use the actual word. Sure, that's fine. Sure, I'm talking about like let's just ignore it all oh, yeah. together, and it's like mm. for the sake of being PC. Yeah, and we can't get anywhere doing that which is also my argument with pc culture because 
you know, there's a fine line, you know, like they, um, when, um, Instagram and Facebook, when they banned, you know, Mr. Farrakhan and everybody was up mm-hmm. in arms and they're like, how, how'd you ban Farrakhan? I'm like, it's easy to ban Farrakhan when you're banning all of these far right people sure. and you're all sure. in on not letting these guys speak at your college and you're protesting. Mm-hmm. You're not giving these people a platform. They don't deserve a platform. It's hate speech. Okay, so what happens when they say your beloved minister, Louis Farrakhan, is a hate speech? Okay. He's an anti-Semite, and now we're going to ban him as well. Whoa, it doesn't, that's what happens when you let yeah. these things happen. It's going to hit True. your doorstep. And you know, So I'm not about banning anybody from speaking. Let people talk? Let people no matter talk. What. So, you know, this has come up. But you've got to also deal oh, with yeah. the consequences yeah. of your speech sure and there are groups that come to campuses and their intent seems to be to provoke well yeah and i think that is a tricky situation for like an 18 to 22 year old kid to find themselves in because you want to show up and argue you want to show up and protest but in a way that's exactly what they want you to do right um, and they already have it kind of set up to where that's what they expect, and that's the spectacle well, that they want to create. I feel like there have been more extreme times in this country in terms of potentiality for violence and things like that. Sure. People still spoke. Sure. I think people can speak now. Yeah. Do you go on it's protest, very, or you just... It's a very, very, very sensitive time. Sure. But do you want to protest or do you want to just stay home? Let them speak, but you don't have to go listen. I'm, I'm interested in, can you defend that point intellectually? So let's, let's not, (laughs) more than protesting, let's engage. You really feel that way? Mm -hmm. Why do you feel that way? Have you seen that work? What's your historic, have we ever tried it? Have we ever tried it? When yeah, when when good point. Malcolm X was going around the world debating people all over the place. Yeah. And they all hate speech and blip, 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 and when he left, mm-hmm. I really like that guy. Yeah. I don't believe I don't agree with him, but I respect him. Yeah. And you're not seeing that kind of dynamic no, happen. I'm seeing everyone in their corners. Mm. Everyone in their corners. Me, 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 and my people. I'll block yeah. you. Mm. We don't. Oh, we don't. Oh, I'll, you. I, I will block you. Hmm. No one's learning. So that um, that online mentality creeps out into your physical life. Of course, when you're out around people, of and course. you sort of mentally block someone, even if they're standing right there. Of course. Mm. Or you just okay. go. You're not allowed to speak don't want you to speak you don't get to speak you don't get to speak because we don't agree with you hmm, okay. that's dangerous because what happens when you're the guy no one agrees with yeah that's true that's true um i do think that there, there's something of a trap set up sometimes with some of these groups though where they know they're going to draw students to protest and really upset those students and make those students look foolish okay so I think, you know, I can understand the impulse to um, not want to listen. Mm. So I do feel like there is that middle ground, you know. Also, I mean, but don't you, can't you not listen? Sure. Yeah, that's the middle <laughs> ground, right? Yeah. You don't show up and argue, yeah. but you don't tell them they can't speak. You just don't yeah. go. 
And if five people are there home. and that's their yeah. five people, thank God, then sure. that's their five people. Yeah. Go up and see who the five people were that went. Sure. Maybe you got to keep an eye on them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you can also, you know, have your own piece of the conversation later on, too. You know, you see what perspective they presented. Um, you read where they're coming from on their program's website. You yeah. know, you can definitely put your own message out. It doesn't have to be like a debate. Yeah. Um, because I think it's rare that you see a true debate where people are actually respectful of each other's ideas at some of these events. I agree. You know, it, it's it's designed to sort of like heighten tensions and, yeah. you know, make people upset where yeah. they want to yell at and each other. And that's a shame because I yeah. think dialogue, you know, is is very important. Definitely. And I think that, you know, a lot of us are fighting against points or counterpointing points that we don't even understand. So mm -hmm. we're just inherently against certain things and we don't even really have an understanding of what this person's platform really yeah. is. And I think that um, if we would allow each other to be heard a little more, it would allow us to see who just really needs to be ignored because they don't have a clue what they're talking about. Sure. They're just talking out their ass. And it's like, why are we even giving this person any attention by even protesting them? Cause he's a complete buffoon or she's a complete sure. buffoon. There's that. Yeah. And sometimes you just need to let someone breathe. Like you need to allow breath, like talk. Yeah. So we can hear how dumb you are. <laughs> and it, you know what I mean? It, it makes my, job easier to debunk all the stupid stuff you just said yeah. but if i go don't talk don't talk and i build you into this martyr uh-huh of like they're not allowing me to speak they're not allowing yeah. me to then it's like i'm interested in what you have to say because so many people are against you oh, yeah. speaking no just speak you're dumb and then you get that real appeal of somebody coming out, a politician in particular, and saying, you know, they didn't want me to be here tonight. They didn't want me to say this to you. They mm -hmm. didn't want you to hear this message. And that's a pretty powerful appeal to it a is. listener, right? A lot, a, lot of, a lot of weird things have happened just for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that goes a long way. I'm against way. the grain. Yeah, I'm going to tell you the truth. Everybody yeah. else is afraid. You see how, see, how, see, how, see how hard they're fighting? Yeah. To not have me speak, that's how you know. You know, My I got message. something important. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's very easy to look at somebody's message before you go to their event. You know, yeah. anybody who's going to be brought in by a university, they've got a website, they've got books out, they've got articles they've written. So I would just say you want to do your research, see if it's worth engaging. Yeah. You know, if they're just there to provoke and you read their ideas and they're just nonsense. So, I mean, you're on, the you're on the campus. And yeah. I think that, you know, you kind of, alluded to how you feel about that yeah. what's your what is your like stance if you have one on like the controversial speaker at the um colleges and like i said bringing even the point of like the camera what the clown on the far right was that they were yeah. protesting in california but uh, you know contrasting that to say like a uh you know back to when like um oh what's my man Khalid Muhammad spoke at like King uh, College and like what that was and you know what I mean yeah that would not be allowed so the, now. the but, school I work at they um Amiri Baraka was gonna speak there yeah and this was before I worked at the school this is back in like right after 9-11 when Amiri Baraka had wrote a 9-11 poem that some people considered anti-Israeli and even anti-Semitic mm -hmm. um it cost him his position as poet laureate of New Jersey. New Jersey, right. Um, I mean, I've seen Amiri Baraka speak before. Um, I've definitely read a lot of his work. 
I can see where you would come to it with that perspective. Um, the idea of not letting him speak, though, in that case, strikes me as a little too far. Mm. Uh, and this was, you know, years before I was at the university. I wasn't involved in this decision or right. anything. Right. Um, but, but like you said, you know, it's hard not to pick and choose. Like, well, I don't want to hear from this person. Right. But this one, I mean, I can see why people right. have a problem with that, them. And that's what I was going to ask you because in your mind, uh, sure. there's no reason why Mary Baraka can't speak but yeah. there may be someone else who you're like nah don't let him speak oh for and sure then, yeah. like, right right and like why do who gets to make those decisions uh, and these campus speakers get a lot of money I'm I mean, sure. there's a lot of money kind of nationwide for I'm these sure. programs except when they come to speak at mickey's hip-hop class yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's no budget for that no, that's a one-on-one -on -one thing he's been man. very <laughs> right our university has been very generous to definitely me. definitely yeah. Yeah, usually it's like the student government or something that has all the money for, yeah. the, for the big speakers yeah, they bring in, yeah, campus-wide. Yeah, yeah, but no, I'm grateful. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah hey, you've been a great guest speaker. Yeah. I always love bringing in guest speakers. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, hey, man, yeah. we got something for for the folks this week? Are we sharing? Yeah, I'll read just a little quick piece. This cool. is what we do at the end of our podcast episode. Um since we talked about political correctness, nice. I have just a little paragraph I'll read from this. Chapter 5 of uh, Guest in the House of Hip Hop, which is my most recent book. So this chapter is called Political Correctness and White Identity. Nice. When talking about political correctness and which slurs we should censor, white people tend to draw a line between those whites who are too defiantly uneducated to know better and those whites who higher education is made so fragile they can't take a joke. I came of age in the 90s when political correctness had so taken hold in this country that people around my part of Kentucky prided themselves on speaking exactly the opposite. Politicians on TV showed off their polish by using clunkier terms to refer to people in the hopes of avoiding a scandal. But my neighbors saw right through the facade. Ain't nobody going to tell me what I can and can't say. We all want to see ourselves as the underdogs. It's the influence of our revolutionary heritage. White Southerners who'd lost so much money and status in the process of having their slaves taken away from them didn't like black people telling them what to call black people. Nice. Nice. Uh, you have something for us this week? Uh, let's see. Uh, what do we have? Okay. Sure as the sun shine, I'll be getting mine. IED, you walking on a landmine. Never mind, doing fine, I'm killing time, riding shotgun, recline, freshness refined, designed by God, defined by my perseverance, my adherence to a warrior creed, a warrior breed, move with the glorious speed, never slipping, that's the shit that got notorious, bleed, please, Jesus, the kid is back in a size 10 shoe, anywhere on the map, I go, I know that the flow is intact, and I keep a live show to get the stadium packed up capacity it has to be a tragedy for you as a casually blowing casualties grow killing whack rappers and silly rhyme biters ad lib jackers and new line biters all the above get murked by the juices glove chuck a deuces show love and keep it moving on 70s slow jams i'm grooving on move like a king you're just a proven pawn and as the clock strikes 12 i'm sending rappers to hell with their bells and their whistles Hard to the bone gristle, missile launch is T-minus T 10 with the pen. One watch, no chain, I keep it plain. Flossing is lame, I never did it for the fame. I'm so proud of myself for just being myself, you should probably do the same. 
Mm. Wow, look at that. Look at that. Look at that. All right, that's episode two. Yeah. In the bag. Yep, guest in the house. That's it. Guest in the house. I'm Mickey Hess. And I'm Tron Diggs. And we'll see you next episode. My man. I'm so proud of myself to just be myself. You should probably do the same. You should probably do the same, nigga. You should probably do the same, nigga. I'm so proud of myself to just be myself. You should probably do the same, nigga.